In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Would all the kids and teenagers up through the 12th grade please come forward. How's everybody? Do y'all like fruit? Do you? What's your favorite? Watermelon? Watermelon? Do, you, do you eat the seeds? No. I eat the seeds, my fruit. I eat bananas and I eat all the seeds. <laughs> what would happen if you take the seeds and you plant them in the ground and you water them and you fertilize them and you cultivate them and what would happen? You grow into a watermelon tree, right? <laughs> or banana tree, right? Or an apple tree, right? Or an orange tree. What, about what? Well, you got to have sunlight. You're right. You have to have sunlight and all that. All that goes with it. What about, uh, what about, what if you throw the seeds away? Will, will trees grow? No. Hmm? Well, possibly, what if you throw them away in the trash can? No. But sometimes if you just throw them in the ground, right, you might see something later, right? What about love? Does love have seeds? Hmm? Jesus told us to love with all our heart, soul, and mind, to love one another, right, as we love ourselves. So, what if God gave me all this love to share with others and I just throw it away? What happens? That's no. called tough love. That's called tough love. That's called tough love? No. Well, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what if, what if someone were to come up to me and just really not seem to like me a whole lot. And what if I just yelled at them and got angry with them? And, or what if I showed them just a little bit of love, a seed of love? What do you think, which one do you think God would want me to do? The seed of love. God would, and, and, then, and then what might happen in that other person is that seed might grow if we cultivate it and water it, right? Are they, whoever they are, if we allow that to happen, then that seed might grow and that person might change someone's life because of that little seed of love we planted. And that doesn't mean agreeing with everybody. Some, I might disagree with someone, but I still, I might still love that person with God's love. Sometimes it's hard with my love, but with God's love, I still love that person, even if we strongly disagree. And I tell you what, being Christians, we have biblical values that make us want to disagree with a whole lot of what's going on in this world. But that doesn't mean that we have the right not to love the people in this world just because they disagree with us. 
God demands, commands that we love other people. We can debate. We can show them what the Bible says. We can, we can try to help them understand why this might be part of God's plan. Or God might plant a seed of himself inside of them to help them understand. And I'm not saying I know all the answers, but I do know what the Bible says. And the Bible has the values that we believe. And so if I can plant a seed in one other person or two other people, then that love that God, that is so great, will grow inside of them and me. But if I just throw this wonderful love that God gave me away, nobody benefits, not even me, not even God. We don't benefit from that. So take this wonderful gift that God has given you, the gift of himself, and God is love. Take this gift and share it with someone even if you think they might not like you, even if they disagree with you, even if they get angry with you. Smile. Nobody likes, nobody likes somebody to smile back if you're really angry with them. Just smile. No, don't be mean. Just love them. Okay? Thank you all for coming up. Thank you. Deacon John, your own brother. Thank you. Pull, 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 pull. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So this morning I want to give you something to think about before we take a look at the story from the book of Acts. In John's revelation this morning, we get words from Jesus as he sits on the throne in the kingdom of God and uh, those words which he gives to us are words of encouragement and here's what he says see I am making all things new and so as we look at uh, our story from Peter today I want you to think about how God is remaking his people I want you to look for the ways in which God works. I'm going to back up a little bit in the story of Acts. Of course, we have uh, the uh, 40 days of Easter, the 50 days of Easter, excuse me, ending on Pentecost, ending with the Holy Spirit coming down and the church being born. And during that period before Pentecost, Jesus gave a few last instructions to his disciples. We just finished hearing one of those pieces of instruction to love one another. Jesus also told his disciples that uh, they should wait in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And that they... Uh, would be sent out 
to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so they gather together in the upper room and they began to pray. They began to prepare their hearts and prepare their minds for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And they were not alone because outside in the courtyard were another 120 men and women who were also in prayer, also in anticipation of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And as they spent time in fellowship and in prayer, preparing their hearts, they became one. Their love united them. And it inspired them and it filled them with hope and expectation. As they shared communion, they experienced the presence of God. And then on that day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and the church began and all things were made new. It was a new world. It was a new day. And Peter, speaking boldly in the temple, is going to convert thousands. And over months, as they gathered daily, gathered daily in fellowship with one another to pray, to share communion, to study God's word. That, that love and that unity which they displayed in the city of Jerusalem either convicted people to join them or to reject them. And eventually, the Sanhedrin is going to drive those believers, the church, out of Jerusalem and those new believers are going to return to their homes. So I want to make a couple of points there. First of all, God starts this new thing in an old place, in a place of comfort, in the temple, in the routines of the Jewish world to a Jewish audience whose hearts and minds they understood. But then, he moved from comfort to discomfort. He moved to persecution, he moved to imprisonment, he moved to driving them out of the city. Notice that those new believers went home. They too went to a place of comfort, a place of familiarity, a place of routine. But all things are made new by God. And they were asked because people all over the land of Judah had heard of this 
Messiah, Jesus, and the events in Jerusalem. And they were asked, what did you see? What did you hear? What did you experience? And notice what they shared, which had been new, is now going to become who they are. And they're going to share and people are going to be convicted to believe or to reject. The disciples themselves, having seen that, are then going to go forth to Samaria. All things are made new. Going to Samaria is not something that was a routine of the Jew. In fact, they were trained to go the long way around to avoid contact with Sumerians. But please understand the audience is still an audience of descendants from the tribes of Israel. They are still people who worship God. They may worship others, but they still worship God. They're still circumcised. They still know the routines. They still know to expect a Messiah. And so the disciples are going to take that word to Samaria. And it's going to be received. And those people will receive the Holy Spirit. And their life will be made new. And that left one place. And that's where our story focuses today, does it not? We're to take the gospel to the ends of the world. That is to say, to the Gentiles. And surely, the disciples probably thought to themselves that God meant, when he said to the ends of the earth, he meant to the scattered synagogues, to the scattered Jews. Right? To take it to the place of comfort. To speak to the known audience. Right? Because we don't associate with Gentiles. It's not a thing that is done. And so I want you to notice, please, today in our readings here in Acts, that step one of change in this story starts with Peter. Peter is transformed. You say to yourself, well, I thought he had already been transformed. He had. But this is the way that God works. It's the way he works with you. It's the way he works with me. God makes things new every day. No matter where we are, whether we're in a comfort zone, whether we're in a time of, of stress and distress and change, God is with us making things new. And so we see Peter in chapter 11 having gone through his experience, returning to Jerusalem, sharing the story with his brothers there who've heard the story, and notice their criticism. I, I'm, I'm stunned to even notice 
They did not start by asking about him raising Dorcas from the dead. No. They did not ask how many people have joined the family of God. They didn't ask. No. Their focus was on the fact that he had eaten with Gentiles. He had broken the rules. What about tradition? What about the rules? What about the way things have always been? But that's not the way God works. God makes all things new. And he had to change Peter's heart. And so notice, we started with prayer. Peter was praying and he got a vision from God. Not, not once, not twice, three times God gave him a vision. And here was the vision. Here is the message. I want you to hear it. I want you to absorb it. God makes all things new. God makes all things that are unclean, clean. Let me just remind you, if you've not heard me say this recently, I try to say it as often as possible, but let me remind you, I am a sinner. And as a sinner, I have no right to eternal life in heaven. As a sinner, I have uh, failed to earn my way into heaven. But the good news is, the news that Peter will be delivering to Cornelius the Gentile, the good news is that Jesus has made unclean things clean. And through his death on the cross, through his blood, we receive grace, unmerited, unearned, undeserved. And so I have new hope of eternal life with God, not because of anything I've done, but because God is at work making all things new. And one of the things he makes new is us. And I do try, before I speak to people, to look into the mirror that reflects the inner man, just to make sure before I speak. But I can tell you with certainty today, having looked, that I am still not perfect. That's, I'm sure, shocking to some of you. But... I want to make sure that you're clear on this. God is still at work in me. The Holy Spirit dwelling within me is making all things new. And he does so day by day by day through a lifetime. So Peter prays. And Peter receives a vision and then he gets confirmation of that vision because another man's had a vision. And he sent people. And Peter uh, is invited to go to Cornelius, something he would never have done. But Peter has been made new. Peter's heart has been changed. And not Peter alone. 
You see, Peter was in fellowship. He brought with him six people. And they were made new. And they went with Peter. And Peter spoke with Cornelius. And before he could even get through the story, it became obvious that the Holy Spirit descended upon them. And they were made new. And the love that bound Jewish Christians to one another suddenly bound Gentiles to the Jews. We are all part of the family of God. We're all becoming something new. Please notice, not only was Peter changed, but the six were changed, and Cornelius was changed. But in order for the church to reach the ends of the earth, Peter had to return to Jerusalem and share what he had seen and what he had heard with those who remained unchanged. Please notice, they had already been changed. They had received the Holy Spirit. But they had not changed their view of the world. They had not seen the need, which goes all the way back to the covenant of Abraham, that the Jews would be a blessing to all the nations of the earth and that our church would be made up of peoples from all places in the world. And that required an internal change. So I share with you this morning, just to finish up, that I am in my last week of teaching at Rose Hill Christian School. Uh, and I am finishing year 40 in my career of teaching. So all of the things that are comfortable and known are ending. And what is left in front of me is the unknown. Right? How will God use me in the kingdom of God? What is his plan? I have no clue what his plan is. But you know, I have prayed. And I I have brothers and sisters that I fellowship with and I've asked them to pray because I trust in their love for me and their love for God. And I believe that God hears our prayers. Right? So all of the anxiety and the stress of filling out applications and going through interviews and trying to find a job. Well, I've turned down a couple of jobs. Why? Because they weren't jobs that God was calling me to do. But in his time, that will become clear. So I say to you this morning, Wherever you are in your walk with Jesus, each day, pray to the Lord. Seek to do his will. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek the love and the support and the encouragement of this body of believers. And God will transform you. Day by day. To do the work in his kingdom that will bring glory to him. God is making all things new. And you have the choice to say yes or to stand on the sidelines. Say yes. God loves you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.